We got to see Brandon Ingram on the court, and he looks like an MVP candidate. And the Pelicans finally signed EJ Liddell. Now, what's the plan for his future? Plus, are you concerned at all about CJ McCollum? I'm not, and I'll tell you why in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available right here on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday. Guess what? The season starts this week. I'm excited. I know you're excited too, and I appreciate you making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free completely free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. And I'm excited about my plans for the season, the coverage that we're going to have for you here. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show. And of course, leave a five-star review with a comment. Number one thing you can do, comment down below. Today's question, are you concerned at all about CJ McCollum? We'll get to him in the third segment of today's show. But I want to start with Brandon Ingram. We finally got to see him in action in Birmingham as the Pelicans took on the Atlanta Hawks. And in just 20 minutes of action, this dude looked like an MVP. An MVP, by the way, out of the 70s. The afro, the the shorts, the facial hair, everything looked like he was an ABA player. And it was awesome. As was his play out there on the court. 19 points. 58.3% shooting. He made one of his two threes. 80% from free throw, three assists, one steal, just one turnover, and only one foul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Seeing his play like that, even though Zion Williamson wasn't playing in this, even though CJ McCollum struggled shooting in this one, made you realize why I keep saying, and others have been saying it too, the Pelicans should have a top five offense in the league that they could have easily the best offense in the league. And that's not a stretch to say any of that. Brandon Ingram, when he's cooking like he was cooking in that preseason game, is going to be a really, really good player. He looks like a guy that is going to be improved on last season, on any of the three seasons he's played so far in New Orleans, when he's been an all-star once and kept those same consistent numbers. He's put up, if you go by his first season here, putting up all-star numbers every single year in New Orleans. And when you see him score 19 points on 12 shot attempts, and we've talked about efficiency, and we'll try and get into this a little bit later, you know, in in the week, in the season, kind of ran out of time to do like an advanced stats preview sort of show. But when you're getting 19 points on 12 shots, that's really good. Anything over one and a half points per shot is really good. So getting to that point, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with what we've seen from Brandon Ingram. He did it at all three levels. He was getting to the basket, using his long arms, his length, his size to get layups, just scooping and scoring over dudes in a way that's almost undefendable. We also know that he's a mid-range assassin. That shot is smooth. It falls. You don't normally want players taking long mid-rangers or really any sort of mid-range shot. Either you're in the paint or you're shooting from three is the way the NBA has trended the past couple of years. Unless you shoot it as well as Brandon Ingram did. And he did in this 
game. He was all over where it came from mid-range. One, two, he was three for four from mid-range outside of the paint inside the free throw, uh, inside the three-point line. Perfect. That's exactly his shot. He can take that every single time. The way with his length, his wingspan, when he jumps up and elevates over players, there's not really much anyone can do to really try and defend it. And it's a consistently good shot for him. Mid-range shots like that are going to be important with Zion out there on the court. And again, these two can coexist. Anyone who tells you otherwise is just trying to come up with BS to sound smart, and it's not true. Because we've seen it before. But mid-range, even if though you don't always want players taking it, a guy who's good at it, these are like body blows in boxing. You know, you keep hitting them in the stomach, in the chest, in those areas, and next time it's coming, they're going to start to fatigue. They're going to start to soften up just a little bit, maybe tire out whatsoever. They're not the type of shots that are going to win you the game. They're not a haymaker, an uppercut that's just going to sit your opponent down. And they're not going to obviously space the court for Zion Williamson, except they will. When he is hitting those, you actually have to step out and defend him. Look at how many guys elevate from mid-range that no one's really making a strong closeout or contest on. Let those guys shoot those shots is what a lot of coaches teach you because they're going to miss them more than they're going to make them. You get the rebound and then you run. Except when Brandon Ingram's making them more, you actually got to take a step out on him. If he's chilling around the free throw line somewhere there or the free throw line extended, he's a threat. You've got to put a body on him. You've got to watch out for him there. When he starts to drive and hesitates, you need to try and close back out on him. You also maybe need a help defender to step up there. All of that will open things up for Zion Williamson. And when it does, beyond Brandon Ingram shooting, what we saw from him last year, the playmaking, and you saw it in this game, three assists. He it can just do it all. He's a three-level scorer. He gets to the line. He was four or five from there. And if he's dishing out assists, y'all, league better watch out. If he's going to be playing that well, it's really tough to defend this Pelicans team, especially with a lot of other threats there. You want to cover him? You're going to leave CJ open? And again, we'll talk about CJ McCollum in the third segment. He's not, in terms of his stats, looked like he played well in preseason, except... I think there's a couple deceptive things about that. So you leave CJ open? Okay. He's not going to shoot 26.1% from the field like he has in preseason here. There's another number you need to look at with that, and that's a scary number if you're opponents. You leave Zion open? There's too many threats here, and with Brandon Ingram being the linchpin, the most consistent guy, and maybe point forward, point guard for this team in a sense, or some sort of creator for the team, well... There's too many other threats, and this team's going to score points. Half court, whether they're trying to play fast like they were too, and if he gets his three-point stroke back, look out. This is a guy that, if this Pelicans team is good, will get overshadowed by Zion Williamson. It's a fact. Everything begins and ends with Zion Williamson on this team, and frankly, rightfully so. But that doesn't mean that Brandon Ingram isn't necessarily the best player, the most consistent player, the kind of like secret heart and soul MVP of this team. And if he plays like he did, 19 points, 12 shots, getting to the line, making threes, dishing out assists, League's going to take note of it too, and he's going to be in the All-Star game, which he probably should have been last year over Andrew Wiggins. So I'm thinking after this performance, we're going to see a big season from Brandon Ingram. So coming up next, EJ Liddell, we got some news. That's been one of the top things I've been asked this offseason. I'll give you the scoop on that, plus what 
The Pelicans' future plans for him likely are going to be. So when will we see him on the court? How will we see him on the court is also important too. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Rocket Money. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you it's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. Or I don't know, Bally Sports Plus at the end of the season. Well, there's a great app that I use that helps me keep track of all my expenses, and because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions I don't even use. And you might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, and it's formerly known as Truebill. This app shows all the subscriptions you have in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double-charged for things. That's happened to me. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel. And Rocket Money takes care of the rest because it is hard to cancel certain things. I've had some where you have to take like three attempts to do it or actually call a person just to cancel something that should have been canceled, shouldn't be reoccurring. And they're just trying to steal your money. And when those go through or I forget about them, I feel dumb, right? It's just lost money and it sucks. Don't fall for that. Just get Rocket Money and it's going to make it easy. So cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds a year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. So my coverage this year is mainly going to be here. I'm going to cut down on a lot of uh, radio appearances and other things, other podcasts, and I'll still be doing the quick little game recaps, but I want to focus more on the bigger stories after these games. You watch the game. You don't need me to tell you the stats and things like that. We'll still do that. That's important here. But it's going to change a slight bit. So for your second listen, go check out Game 2 Game NBA. That's Game, the number two game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. If you didn't want to watch all the games the night before, but you wanted a recap on everything, you know this. I do a minute to two minute video that usually gets put on Twitter after the game. They're all going to be compiled. All of our hosts do that, and it gets compiled into one one show. So it'll be Pelicans Nets. You'll get my reaction. You'll get the Nets reaction. You have Celtics Sixers on opening night. The next day, it's going to be Celtics Sixers, the two hosts. Then you have Warriors Lakers. So they're two hosts. That's the show. Everything you need to know about the games the night before. NBA game, game to game NBA. It's going to be on the Lockdown NBA feed. Make sure you subscribe. It's going to be a great way to catch up on everything going on around the association. And also, by the way, Lockdown NBA on Wednesdays, I co-host our national show. It's really fun. We talk about the biggest stories. This frees us up to really dive in deep on things. I can't wait. I can't wait to cover opening night. That's going to be a lot of fun. Today, though, we are talking here on Lockdown Pelicans about EJ Liddell because the Pelicans finally signed EJ Liddell to a two-way contract. Y'all been interested in this, dude. I've been interested in him. I had him as a top 20 player in this draft. Him falling to 41 was really surprising and a move the Pelicans had to make. They had to draft him when you're getting that kind of value there. I got really worried the Lakers were going to take him and I was going to be so annoyed. Last year at Ohio State, 19.4 points per game, 7.9 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 2.6 blocks. He was third team All-American, first team All-Big Ten, All-Defensive team as well. He was good, and the Pelicans have been following him and fans of his for a while. They even said that they have scouted him like 20 plus times, and in their front office, they have a couple of guys that really like what EJ Liddell does. I do as well. So when he tore his ACL in Summer League, that was really disappointing. 
You know, we got to see him for a little bit and then boom, done. And kind of all the hype and all the promise that he showed, you know, and had kind of evaporated. So the question was, what are the Pelicans going to do with him? And it's a, it was a valid question because they don't have roster spots. There's 15 guys on the team and then two two-way deals. Unless Garrett Temple is going to retire or they're going to waive him in some capacity and just eat the money. And that was never going to be the case. So someone has always felt like they were going to be an odd person out. That's why we've been speculating about a lot of lopsided trades. The Pelicans send out two players, bring one back to create some roster space for EJ Liddell. But with the injury, you know, things kind of take care of themselves in a way. Obviously, you weren't going to put him on the roster. So a two-way deal made the most sense. They have Darion Sebron, who they like, signed immediately after the draft to a two-way deal. They've shuffled through some of these other guys as well, but it was always the plan from what I've been told that they were going to give that second two-way to EJ Liddell to take care of him in a sense. They don't have to sign him. They don't have to give him money, but doing this allows him to still be with the team, rehab, be around, kind of go through the process, and hopefully be a Pelican in the future. They liked him. This was a guy that we all thought if he was healthy, they needed to clear a roster spot for. So what's the plan going forward with EJ Liddell? And I think when you look at the Pelicans past, it really gives you an outline of what they're going to try and do this year. They've used two-way deals really well, especially under David Griffin, even going back to Kenrich Williams. But you've seen that Najee Marshall was a guy on a two-way deal, spent some time in the G League, then played well. And they eventually gave him, converted his contract to a full-time NBA deal. Jose Alvarado last year, the majority of the season, on a two-way deal. Till the end of the year, they used part of their mid-level exception money to sign him. That money goes away at the end of the season and resets. So this stops you from having to dip into next year's money, giving you a little more flexibility. And I think that's what they're going to end up doing with EJ Liddell. The final... Three weeks of the season, if he's healthy, if he is rehabbing well, if he's been playing a little bit in the G League, and we don't know what he is, uh, where you know if he is, where he will be, what he, you know, how how his recovery is going to be going, but I think they'll look to maybe convert him to some sort of you know non guaranteed future deal that brings him onto the NBA roster, keeps him tied to the team, and then if he's healthy and plays well, well, it fully guarantees, and now you're on the team going forward and everyone's happy. I think that's kind of the plan. But I do like that, you know, the Pelicans could have used this on a guy that's going to play. They didn't. They chose to do the right thing, to take care of their own guy. It also shows the belief they have in him. This is the type of injury that can derail a career before it even started here in EJ Liddell's case. But the Pelicans really believe in him, believe in his ability to recover and the player that he can be. They go, it's okay. Here's a bunch of money. We're going to keep you. We're going to still work with you, and we hope you still have a really, we know you have a really bright future here with the team. They could use this on a guy that could help the team. Injuries will come up. You'll need these two-way guys to play. They're not doing that. They're essentially having one two-way this year with Darion Sebron instead of two. There are guys that have looked good on this team. Daquan Plowden, I thought, played pretty good the final couple of preseason games. Everyone loved John Butler, right? You all wanted the tall guy. And they're not using a healthy player on this. They're giving it to EJ Liddell, which I think, you know, if you're him, should feel really good about the Pelicans just taking care of their players, their people, and doing right by them. Makes this team easy to root for in the front office. So credit to them for doing what, you know, maybe is a slightly negative this season basketball move, but the right one in terms of the human aspect of it and everything. So, you know, the other factor with this, with what they might do at the end of the season is they still need a roster spot. 
If this is their plan and they know they're going to convert EJ Liddell, I think that's what they want to do. You need to have an open roster spot to be able to do that. That means trades during the season leading up to the trade deadline, which we're not going to talk about just yet. But as we get closer to that during the season, we certainly will be. And this is something that we're going to have in the back of our mind when it comes to that. Something that's been in the back of my mind, in the back of your minds as well, as you've asked about it on Twitter, is CJ McCollum not playing particularly great in preseason. Am I worried? Are you worried? Let me know in the comments down below, and let's talk about him coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your football betting info this season. So you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis, and articles that you can find. Whether it's pro or college, whether it's live in-game betting when you realize a team is going to come back and win or not win depending on who you're rooting for here. Bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Also have NBA futures. There's still time to get on the Zion for MVP train or Brandon Ingram for MVP. Maybe six man of the year for Dyson Daniels because it feels like he's going to be in the rotation at some point. It could be most improved player for Trey Murphy. You can get all of that over at betonline.net. You can get there using your mobile device as well. So head to betonline, betonline.net, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team completely free, giving you reaction, analysis, talking about the biggest things around this team. Subscribe, tell your friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment and comment down below. No one else comes to you like this five days a week, completely free on YouTube and in podcast form. So let's wrap up today's show by talking about CJ McCollum. Big move at the deadline for the Pelicans last year. Really adds a lot to this team in terms of that veteran presence, certainly. But are you concerned about his play on the court right now? During preseason, he <laughs> has not look great. He does not look great. Preseason for C.J. McCollum, three games, 19 minutes per. He is shooting 26.1% from the field. 7.7 field goal attempts per game. He's averaging six points. He's shooting 33% from the free throw line. He's grabbed 2.3 rebounds, almost two turnovers per. I'm leaving out two numbers in particular here. Those, those stats I just said are not good. There's no way to sugarcoat it. They are not good. He shot three of 12 in the final preseason game. Those numbers are bad, but I'm not worried. CJ, if you remember in 26 games, the Pelicans last season, 24.3 points per game, almost six assists, five rebounds, shot 40%, 39.4% from three and almost 50% from the field. He's going to be fine. This is not a concern about him trying to mesh with Zion or anything like that. It's just a dude being a little off in preseason. Those two numbers that I neglected to share when we're talking about his bad numbers are good. Three-point percentage in preseason was 36.4. Three, on a little under four attempts per game. Double that with the amount of minutes he might be playing. Let's say if he's taking seven-plus attempts per game, that's good. He's going to be making closer to three or four threes per game. The 36.4% is going to go up. He has been a very consistent three-point shooter in his career. His career is 40% from three. I'm looking what the lowest number he's ever had from three is 37.5%. Yeah, 37.5%. He's going to be just fine shooting from three. That's the biggest thing. 
With Zion out there, his numbers are going to dip. He's not going to have the same usage rate that he had during the regular season last year with B.I. and Zion out there on the court. He doesn't need it. Not when you're just bombing away open threes and making them. That's the biggest thing. If he does that in his court spacer, everything's good. Everything's good. He doesn't need to dribble drive and get to the rim, anything like that. The other number I did not mention during preseason was his assists per game, 4.7. I said he came close to five assists, six assists, 5.8 assists per game last season for New Orleans. If he's getting above five assists, he's your point guard. He's running the offense. You need him doing all of that, and he's a guy that you trust to do all of that. So when you see the three-point shooting is good, the assist numbers are good, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Get to the rim if you can. That's only a good thing that helps put pressure on the defense. But overall, you just want this dude to be able to make threes, facilitate the offense, and create for others. He'll be able to do that. He can absolutely do that, and I have no concern about that during the regular season. Have you seen some of those wide-open threes that Zion is generating for literally everyone on the team? CJ, who makes his threes at a 40% rate for his career? Uh-huh. He's just like, this is going to be fun. I just get to stand around if I really need to, and I'll still be able to score close to 20 points per game because I'm making four or five threes per. His free throw percentage will go up. He struggled with that in New Orleans last season too, which was a little weird because he's a pretty good free throw shooter for his career, 80.1%, or sorry, 81%, but he was down, he made two thirds of his last year, 66.7. That's a little strange, but I'm not really worried about that. If that creeps up closer to 80, you're all good. If he's close to his average, that's fine. That could have been a variety of different things. Plus, he's going to know the offense. He's going to be able to facilitate more. Everything's going to be fine. I'm excited for what his numbers are going to be this year. Might not be 20 points per game, but I think it's going to be pretty close to that. So, yeah, his shooting inside the arc has been off, but behind the arc, he's been good. That's the biggest thing for me as long as he's dishing the ball as well. So, tomorrow, I want to look at the defense. Oh, no, sorry. Defense is going to be Wednesday. Tomorrow's going to be a primer. We're going to have a lot of new listeners. I want to get you all set for the season. Biggest stories, things I'm going to be watching for, things that could be a problem, things that we're expecting to be good. Just give you like a one-show catch-up on everything, like how we got here, the road so far, what we're going to be looking for this year. Wednesday, game day, I'm going to talk about the defense. I think that could be the Achilles heel for this Pelicans team. We're going to do a deep dive on the defense. Thursday, Game recap, talk about what we saw on opening night. Friday, we're going to preview that game uh, and uh, against the Charlotte Hornets, and then also look to the season opener on Sunday and maybe some adjustments that Willie Green can make after that first uh, game against the Nets for what he wants to do for the next two. And then Monday, of course, we're going to talk about the games over the weekend. So a lot of content coming. We're here Monday through Friday. Subscribe. Leave a comment down below. Are you worried about CJ McCollum or not? And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.